0: Jackie Tantillo with you. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Should Have Listened to My Mother. Today's guest is a good friend. He's a wonderful testament to someone who is an all-round upstanding guy. He's got a huge heart, great moral ideals, fantastic dad and husband. He'll never shy away from hard work. He'll never run away from helping anyone in need. If you ever need anyone in the trenches with you, I suggest you pick Jim Lackey. Hello, Jim, and welcome to Should Have Listened to My Mother.
1: Hi, Jackie. That was very nice of you.
0: Well, it's true. It's exactly who you are, which is the best part. There's so much more to you, and that's the great part about what this podcast is about, that we're going to explore your life and who you are and how you evolved through your life and who helped you along the way to become the person that you are today. Right. So you are from Massachusetts, yes. <laughs> you're a, a, a Patriots fan, and you like the Red Sox, but other than that, I love you.
1: Yes. <laughs> Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, yes. Okay.
0: It's we put that aside. There you go. Duxbury, right? Correct. Duxbury, I Massachusetts. My first few years uh, in Cambridge, and then in first grade, we moved to Duxbury. I was there through high school. You have some interesting stories, if I recall correctly, about your experiences in school with some kids. So we'll hang on to that thought for a little while. Um, By the way, Jim is 6'2", and as fit as a fiddle, he does personal training for people. He's been an athlete your whole life. You were training for the Pan Mass Challenge when you had a terrible accident. We'll get into that as well. Now, did anyone encourage you to get involved in sports as a kid? Or is it just something naturally innate in you you wanted to do? I was always very
1: active, but my parents signed me up for like one season of just about everything.
0: That's great philosophy, right? That's a great so idea.
1: Forth, yeah, And the one I continued with the longest was hockey, which I played for about 40 years of my life.
0: Yeah, you actually you played up until recently a yeah, couple of years up ago.
1: Until, uh, about 88 years ago, when I had a hip operation, and I just decided
0: it was time. Did you grow up skating on ponds in Massachusetts, or were you always doing hockey and rings? Uh, I was playing on ponds in Cranberry bog. Oh, how cool That's, is that?
1: Yeah, Cranberry bogs are very cool because they're flooded in the winter to protect the plants. And because they don't put a lot of water on them, they're the first, they freeze quicker than ponds. So we would often have cranberry barks to skate on before the
0: ponds themselves were actually frozen. Uh, Jim, currently you're the sales manager for Handy Store Fixtures, which, and correct me if I'm wrong, which designs and installs custom point-of-sale and storage systems?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, they do their own brand of a very common... Style called a Gondola wall shelf so we make just about every structure that you'd need to open a store and or use for storage and then we've developed individual pieces for custom pieces for people that are out of the you
0: know, standard and our own line of accessories for the shelves for years, many, many years, at least 16 years, you were really heavily involved with Reebok. You opened up the original store in New York City, didn't you?
1: Yes, right. Uh, Reebok was opening a store and I got hired at the same time, just after I got engaged, my wife, Dee. and specialty sales with um, the colleges, anywhere from football, baseball, basketball, lacrosse, specialty stores like tennis and running.
0: That's fantastic. How exciting.
1: Yeah, and then I moved into retail sales where I was selling to
0: retailers. You, You started training. You're an avid bike rider. You started training for the Pan Mass Challenge and then something pretty dramatic happened in your life.
1: I was training for Pan Mass Challenge in May of 1989, uh, which the Pan Mass Challenge is the first weekend in August. It's the largest athletic, most successful athletic fundraiser in the world. And I was training for, I was my first one actually, and I got hit by a car on the way home. asphalt so yeah it was a pretty serious uh, accident. probably saved my life because i it was the first day i ever wore a bicycle helmet
0: get out of here no you never had worn a bike helmet before no well the pan mass challenge you you do either do like up, up to 190 miles a day right some of the 192 days,
1: but... miles in two days the first day is 108. Mass to the Cape Cod Canal, and that day ends at the Mass Maritime Academy, and then you stay overnight, and the next day you get up before the sun rises, and you finish in Provincetown. So you've gone from
0: Sturridge Mass, which is western Massachusetts, all the way to the tip of the other end of Massachusetts. And this race, they raise millions of dollars for, is it the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute?
1: I think last year's total was fifty-two million, somewhere around there.
0: That is very cool. But you know what? Your your angels were with you that day, and they told you to put the helmet on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, knocked my two front teeth out, jammed my jaw up into my skull. I ended up displacing all the
0: cartilage between the jawbone and the skull. Have you been on a bike much since?
1: Uh, actually, I ended up doing, uh, that was early on in my, in, uh, like I said, I think it might have been training for my first, which I didn't do, or my second, and then I, I actually ended up completing 11 of them. I did right. only about three or four total prior to but then my mother died of cancer in 2000 and kind of got me back going on it. So I've done
0: 11 of them. Yeah I was going to ask you uh, why your interest in an organization that helps raise money for cancer.
1: My mom died of cancer. Um, the, my uh, best man's father died of cancer. He was like a second dad to me. And I think the first
0: Terrible. It's And the journey through it is not pleasant either. Jim, could you please tell us your mom's name?
1: Yes, Geraldine Louise Good. I was her maiden name.
0: And your parents were married for how long?
1: My parents were married 18, 19 years.
0: They divorced. Oh, it's the worst. It's never easy, but it's just really rough. So you were with your mom after the divorce.
1: Ah, uh, yes. I stayed with my mom with my sister, and uh, my mother wasn't had a hard time. Uh, it wasn't the divorce necessarily,
0: but it was a difficult time in her life. We're going to tread into the the mental illness phase of your mom. Yeah.
1: This conversation. Well, that's probably, okay. when it, that's probably when it shows really reared its ugly head, and uh, my mother was having difficulties dealing with reality and uh, wasn't exactly providing for my sister and I. Even when I went to college, I would have to send money home to, so that they could buy heating fuel or things
0: like that. You went to Boston College. Correct. So she was no longer really the adult. You were the adult, right?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, I was trying to keep an eye on them while going to school. and I put myself through B.C. and I lived in DC. I got uh, a little bit of money every year from my dad, but it was like not much. So um, I basically put myself through school and I would also end up having to
0: It's interesting because um, Rick, my husband, his mom, went through the same thing after the divorce, more or less adult onset of paranoid schizophrenia. Was your mom diagnosed?
1: My mom was diagnosed as what they always put it as was a thought disorder. My mother was a polio survivor, and physically she didn't have any
0: So you're in your 20s, mid-20s? Yes. And you had to have your mom committed. Right. So I had to
1: go to court and speak to a judge while she was there. So she stayed in the hospital for, I think, well,
0: So as a a young child, she was the spectacular mom that you loved tremendously.
1: Oh, she was, yeah.
0: She was your rock.
1: Way ahead of her time. She she, She went to, you know, she had a high school education and had me immediately. She was still a teenager when I was born. And so she went back to school.
0: She ever teach or with her degree?
1: She didn't she worked for the state for a while and she was testing uh, but then hindsight being 2020 I would I could see there were signs
0: able to get through school having two babies you and your sister Linda right and she was able to yep. she finished high school so then she got her undergraduate and her graduate degree I mean that's no easy thing
1: uh, yeah most of those were done um, late elementary early uh, through my middle school years so oftentimes, like when I was at school with things she would be going to school or we'll work in
0: emotionally, mentally, and physically?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so when you were in school, I've, I've heard stories you tell that you bonded and mixed with all different kinds of kids. Did they give you a tough time in uh, school initially, or you were able to blend and, and hang out with everybody?
1: Yeah, I was never in with one click as such. I was the fastest kid in the school, so I, and I ran track so I could hang with track kids. I played hockey. I was in high-level, either AP or high-level classes, so I knew smart kids. and I could go to move from table to table, and, and I was probably, you know, I was an athlete who had, uh, I graduated high school at 6 to 190, and probably uh, my body fat was well below
0: 10% uh, you know, I was considered one of the strongest kids in the school. You ran the 100 and 200 meters at Duxbury High School?
1: I was 100, and it was still yards then. So I ran the 4x110, the 100. I did the shot point and the javelin,
0: too. Oh, my gosh. You're a real Olympian. Right. <laughs> yeah. So how did your character develop? All these wonderful attributes that you have. Was it your mom? Was it Geraldine that formed I, I and shaped had a you? a big
1: part in it. She always one thing that's always stuck with me was well she would uh my mom would always ask me uh before the onset of the mental health issues and even all the way to the very end how was I in body mind and spirit my mother was always very much about balance balancing those three taking care of yourself physically mentally and spiritually um You know, my eating habits attributed to my mother introduced me to foods that I'd say the vast majority of kids never even thought of
0: having existed when they were young. Can you give me an example?
1: Uh, We were doing fondues and making our own sauce from vegetables. She was into the different colors of vegetables and matching. Um, She would try, I knew a tripod. Like
0: it no oh, either did I it was nasty uh, Yeah. <laughs> a smart woman did you yeah. spend time with her in the kitchen because you're a great cook no oh, yeah. kitchen. Funny story. Didn't you, just like you and your buddies, grab your packs and go hike into the mountains or something and then come back a but, couple of yeah, days later?
1: <laughs> when I, I, the summer right after eighth grade, myself and another eighth grader and two kids who just finished seventh grade planned a trip in New Hampshire. My friend's father was working during the week um, up in New Hampshire, so he stayed up there during the week. So he, we planned our own trip, mapped it out, bought the food, got our own supplies, and he dropped us off at the side of the road up in New Hampshire. And he was to pick us up five days later at a place nowhere near where he where he dropped us off. And we walked into the woods, and five days later we met him, even <laughs> though we had to, even though we had to change our itinerary because. We didn't realize that uh, how much food we consume when you're hiking all day. Deviated, got off the trailhead, come to town, got picked up by a guy in a van. We had separated, and he said, These two kids are with you, too. He said, Yeah. So he picked us up, brought us to town, we got more food. Then he took us to where he lived, which was a log cabin, showed us everything.
0: so cool. <laughs> that could either be really weird or it's really, really cool. Did you go back?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, we, I, none of us could remember the exact location, but it was very cool. And I think one of us, yeah, but he took a picture of us and put it, I think with a Polaroid, and put it up on his wall.
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: Uh, yeah. And then and you found
0: your way back to where this dad was going to pick you up. Would you let your kids do that today?
1: Um, I think if they were able to show us, you know, we presented it to our parents, and I was able to put it on the map of this is what we're doing. Um, I don't know, today you'd have cell phones. We didn't even have cell phones. So if we didn't show up, I guess the only way they were going to find us is...
0: Call to, the Mounties. Uh, <laughs> you know, call them. That is the coolest
1: i I'd want I' I'd want to think I, I would if it if it, if it was well planned out and thought out and but you know I think things are so much more bad stories are so much more taken by the media that I don't know if it's different or just we're that much more aware of what could happen but I learned a lot through camping my mom uh, my grandfather was a lieutenant colonel career kind of you know, Grudge retired from the Army Air Force, and he had some leftovers of World War II portable dining sets of uh, this, this metal uh, and silverware and everything, and we still have it, but we used to use that camping. I remember.
0: Was your house the kind of house where all your buddies would come and hang out, or would you go elsewhere? Uh, At times, my house was the house that
1: kids would want to hang, particularly if they could get invited to dinner. Because (laughs) my mom would make things that were different than they ever had the opportunity to try. Um, But I actually...
0: Well, that's the cool stuff, right? Yeah. They come and hang out. Everyone always hangs out in the kitchen, whether your mom was there. That's where they were comfortable.
1: And that happened more as, a, as I was younger, I'd say, because in my high school years, you know, things started to get a little strange with my mom and dad or my mom. And my dad had a hard time with it, so their relationships started to fall apart. So I think at one point I stopped
0: bringing people to the house. Did your mom's illness make you a better person, more sympathetic person, a a person who's aware of other people's wellness?
1: Yes, I I think so. I I think in some ways it made me a tougher person, but who was also
0: What was your coach's name? Was he your track coach?
1: Yes, he was, Reggie Clark. I got very angry. I had a lot of anger built up. I guess I discovered this room give you some tape for your hands so you don't keep cutting yourself.
0: so This is your track coach?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. what a cool
0: guy. Yeah, and so I remember one time I said, always made himself available. So the anger and the frustration that you had, had been building up in you, was it your anger at your mom, anger at the illness and what it did to your mom, anger at your parents for the divorce and screwing up your life and all that kind of stuff as a teenager? Or what was it? I
1: think it was more like not understanding what's going on with my mom, uh, the the situation, uh, the arguing, parents arguing in my mind, uh, I didn't see that they were so different. It was just, they would just seem like fight to fight and the whole situation and not being able to make it better. I've always kind of been a problem solver or want to make a situation better or been the one who is asked to look out for others or go back to I was 10, 11 years old in hockey and my coach told me I had to look out for.
0: Was your teammate or an opponent?
1: He was my teammate.
0: And he needed you to watch over him? Yeah, and my coach wanted me to watch over him. You're the problem solver. Yeah, I guess. Well, that's the role that you had to take on, right? In yeah. your family.
1: Yeah, so uh, it was
0: one of the experiences. And not only the problem solver, but you also have a really hard time talking about yourself, don't you, Jim?
1: Yes, I do.
0: Okay, so that's my... Like, <laughs> I have a hard time talking about myself or asking for help. You do. So that's why this this interview, it's fascinating because there's so much more that can come out. And uh, that's why we're doing it, so we can all help each other, right? Help each other with our experiences. Now, did your dad dad understand what was going on with your mom? Did he realize this was a mental illness that was budding here? No. So it was just them friction between the two in their relationship. He had no idea what was looming.
1: No, he never seemed to really understand that part. So um,
0: well after the fact, how different it would have been, right? Today, you say, "Oh my God, you need help. Let's go. Go. Let's go get some help for you."
1: I mean, yeah. Was, I guess you know you never heard of people having lung disability or anxiety attacks or any of that stuff. I mean, it's just you just supposed to deal with it, I guess. Move through it. Well, you know, some of which I think you know, is not bad advice in, some, in certain instances, but uh, you know, I think the pendulum always often goes too far in each direction before it comes to rest in, in the middle where you understand or, or deal with it coping or dealing with it yourself or asking for help and getting help, and I think there's always a balance.
0: Your mom would be really upset if she knew how much this devastated and changed your life.
1: Yeah, but I think often, in many ways, I, I, uh, I didn't reveal
0: that part. You didn't let it show. You didn't let it out.
1: Yeah, people often had to discover it I mean, I once dated a girl who presented this thing to me. She said, oh, you know, we can't, I can't continue this with you because everybody has outside layers that you need to crack to reveal who they are. Some people might have one or two, but you're like an onion. You have just layer after layer after layer. You know, and I thought about it, and, and I a wow, that's a very astute observation and probably has a lot of accuracy to it and yeah, um, so I think you put up fences or I was always adaptable so you know not only could I deal with many different groups but in going from group to group I think it also allowed me not to have to reveal too much of myself.
0: You masked it very easily.
1: Yeah, so, because, you know, you move, keep moving and
0: stuff like that. It's easier to keep moving than to face it, too, at times.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I I think in some ways it helped me lighten the load. So in some ways it was good, in some ways it was probably not so good.
0: What are some words that describe your mom's character?
1: To use that word or uh, I remember conversations was just coming out with this slang term just as a young kid and I forget what the word was but I just remember more of the conversation about her asking why use that term and what did it mean to you or you know, I did uh, a fashion show for Jordan Marsh. Different things. I was on different TV shows. Like
0: you're a model.
1: You, well, no, I only did once. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> Is that on your resume?
1: <laughs> I was also, you know, on the. enough.
0: She sounds remarkable, Geraldine.
1: She, she was. She was uh, you know, a beautiful lady who uh, introduced me to tennis and got me to
0: do all kinds of things. So. Well, I'm glad that you were there to take care of her, Jim. I'm sorry that she was not, um, you know, that 100% picture of what the American mom was, but I think she was unique and she was very special. And as hard as it was, she's your mom, right? right? She's always going to be your mom.
1: She helped me you know, get a foundation which was very diverse and very complete. I, mean, I am you know, better mentally and physically and spiritually because of everything that she introduced me to. A lot of me exists because
0: of her, yes. Jim Lackey, I want to thank you for joining me. I'm really glad, Jim, that you as hard as this was to talk about your mom, that you stayed with me and you you stuck it out. I really, really appreciate it. I know indeed that it was very hard for you to discuss, um, but you are who you are in large part because of your mom and she, as as difficult as it was for her, she certainly did a great job. Thank you for being part of Should Have Listened to My Mother. I'm Jackie Tantano.
1: Thank you, Jackie.